Avoid my car. Don't do the little number two on it. Oh, don't you like little birds at night? No, not when they leave white streaks down my car. I got a bright red car. Yeah, that, that would definitely be definitely be kind of an issue. It is kind of obvious. Just a little bit, just a little bit. All right, let's get, see how these volumes are doing. It's a little loud over there. Let's pull up over here. Somebody says something slow. Dot dot dot. Of course. Tweet. You know that's how Saladin is. Speak free, my friend. Yeah, just so you know, I can't really get the zoom to work right on the new camera, and so that's something to look at, play with later. Um, for some reason the new the new 920 I got does not zoom in very well, so who knows? Maybe it's the driver update. We figure it out. Yeah, you probably have. You probably probably wouldn't hurt, but you know, at your leisure. When you At your can. Measure. All right, then. Yeah, well, you know, now that we're kind of just rolling through this, hey, Rye, how you been, man? I'm good. So, what you been up? So, another night, scuba and the Rye? Scuba and the Rye. This just Rye guy. Just sit, just chill, chat, talk movies, games, and kind of see how it goes. Different things in different places. There's a lot of new stuff that dropped this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. All we, over the place. Yeah, all kinds of craziness. But, uh, you know, first things first, you know. Let's uh, do our do our what's up the obligatory five minutes where we talk about what we've been up to for the last week and five uh, minutes what kind of stuff has piqued our in what, what kind of interesting things have happened and then we'll just kind of go from there. So, as always, Rye, you have the floor, good sir. I have the floor, and like always, it's work is busy, but hey, that's the adult life, nine to five plus an extra hours or two. But the one thing that I finally did that we've been talking about every week is. The GRE. Yes, Took GRE. Down. Big test. Determine Big your test. next level in college. What'd you get? Uh, I did average. I'll leave the numbers out of the way. But I did hit the average mark that so you, you would get. So you were admitted. Accepted. Oh, I, I don't know if I was accepted or not. Because uh, what it is, is the GRE is the equivalent of the SATs. But for grad school. So you go in... You do the stuff, you get a score for the quantitative, for the verbal, and for the writing. And then it gets sent off to your schools. Or, in this case, just one school. But now it's just a waiting game. It's just a waiting game? Just the waiting game. So I other than waiting. Yeah, but sometimes it. patience is a virtue, especially in this process. Because uh, this college application for grad school was... Um, Daunting. There's a lot of stuff I had to do for it. Well, I'm sure. But, you know, you're moving on up another level. You know, a lot of stuff they want to find out from you. But I can tell you this. Um, where you go and do the testing for the GRE, mm -hmm. they have that on lockdown. You can't bring anything in there. Um, they wand you down. They make sure you're not trying to sneak anything in. Cameras everywhere. But, you know, they don't want you to cheat. They want to just get you as is. Well, but other than that... Uh, did another one of my uh, uh, winery trips on oh, the really? weekend. How many did we hit in which uh, part of the state? We hit three up in uh, Loudoun County near Leesburg. Me and my girlfriend Angelica took uh, her parents and her sister up. Oh, wow. First time they went to wineries. I like to like to show them new things. So was it a convoy situation or did everybody pile into your uh, your car? Yeah, everybody piled, in, uh, piled into the Volkswagen. <laughs> So a car big enough to accommodate that. It does. And my my the little Volkswagen has a lot more room than you think. Oh really? Yes. But you know, I, I was glad I could take them because they haven't seen a lot of stuff. So anytime I can introduce you know people to new things, I always enjoy that. So hit up three wineries, um, eight chains, the Barnes at Hamilton and Sunset Hills. Uh, ate at our favorite place in Leesburg, one of the best places to get burgers, King's Tavern. That's to you. And then shopping. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. And then after dad, that... Dad is texting. Must answer dad. Must answer dad. <laughs> but, you know, went to Tyson's Corner. It's one of my favorite places to shop. And, you know, just roamed around. Made our way back. So that was the Saturday. But one interesting thing that happened on Saturday is I did purchase a couple books. And they came in the mail over the weekend. Oh, they did? Yes. Uh, two books. One, uh, one is uh, it's called Sid Field's uh, screenplay, uh, screenplay the foundation of screenwriting. So I want to get into learning how to write screenplays. Gee, that's not helpful for a guy who reviews movies at all. I don't know, not very helpful. But this is the book 
that there is a person that follows us. It was a recommendation. So, uh, save the cat. How to write a novel. <laughs> Graza's influence, yes. Well, Graza's influence is felt. felt. Yes, this is that one who was suggest he suggested for uh, telling great stories. Yes, so that'll definitely come and help help me uh, branch out my uh, storytelling. I've written... I've written plenty of fantasy stories, a fantasy novel, a couple of uh, romance f- stories. So this will just help me branch even further. Cool. So, it's good to it's good to diversify. So, but yeah, that was a action-packed weekend. You know, movies, TV shows, all that, whatnot. But we'll talk about that later. Sweet. Well, hopefully, we can get some more viewers as we go. But if oh, not, yes. this is still the way we record our podcast, and it will go out on all the usual channels when it's ready. So. We'll just grow our audience grassroots style. Oh, yes. So, uh... What about you? Me. Wow. Um, actually, you know what? It's pretty much been the usual. Work, work, work. And to be fair, I am realized something over this past weekend. Is I work way too much. Shocker. Yeah. It's one of those things. And it was having to... It, so you get in the I groove. Some, you're used to it. I took some vacation time from one job, only to spend my time working at the other job. So it's like plug and play. And never actually really had any time to just not work on something. Granted, Monday was productive because I got I was able to go through all of the videos from last week's shows and get edits and highlights and whatnot on. For the, as far as on Twitch, as well as download those so they can be put up on the Facebook group or the Facebook page, as well as get things queued up over at uh, on YouTube. But this weekend, at the this weekend, it was one of those things where I had a moment where it's like realizing burnout is a thing. Burnout is definitely and a thing, and I have probably hit burnout point. So from there, I think it's. I'm gonna start. I'm starting to reevaluate my schedule. Yeah. And reevaluate how much time I spend working because one of the things I'm realizing, and thanks to this lovely show that we've been doing, this crazy experiment that is uh, Scuba and the Rye, I realize that I don't do enough to actually have a whole lot of worthwhile things to talk about because I'm rather boring. I think. Not really. Oh, you, I have I have my colorful personality, I'm sure, but yeah, very touchy feelings. Since I spent all my time working, and somebody pointed out to me that you know I work so much because and people count and people people don't really tell me don't come because I don't me personally I don't like letting people down and I have that sense of reliability or consistency. I'm going to be there, and yeah. but a couple of things happened on Saturday where I started. To, where I was sitting there, and it's like, you know, I've been doing so much that I just am defocusing on what I on what's going on, so things are being missed. And pers- I, I take crit- I take criticism like that very personally, not personally in the sense that I'm gonna like think I think you hate me, but personally in the sense that I hold myself to a different standard, and I want to improve my standard. So. I, I take that type of thing as like, okay, I'm failing at something. I need to correct this. So I'm going to take a step back to see about correcting. And somebody pointed out maybe I'm getting resentful of the fact that I spend all my time working where people around me are spending all their time playing. And it's like, maybe? Maybe it's a barrier like that of some kind. Who I'm knows? thinking so. I think it's definitely something that where it's like, look... I do this because I don't really care to play personally most of the time. But, yeah. and, or, and not, no, let me back that up. That is Retract. not the case. The, the, the reality of the situation is, is my mentality and my drive is I would much rather work than do anything else. So if I'm working, I'm you know can, making money for, from the job to put to uh, budgets and everything else and being that stable person people can rely on but in doing so i spend i i sacrifice personal enjoyment or personal off time to constantly work like if i have the option to do something that will cost money or do something that i can make money i will do the thing that makes money before i do the thing that costs money 12 out of 10 times yes i i, I meant exactly as it sounded 
<laughs> so that's one of those things. People raised the eyebrow like, hmm, it, it, where's it, the math? <laughs> and, and, and and last year, my one of my my, man, my new manager has, has sent out a series of leadership stuff talking about how we have 168 hours in a week, no more, no less, and how we utilize that time is how we use that time. And one of those things is like personal priorities. I tend to rank personal enjoyment or personal time very low. I spend all my time worrying about others and helping out others and. Being there for other people that maybe I'm probably spending a little too much time doing it. So maybe I need to step back because I'm not one of the things. I, another thing I realize is I'm not learning. I'm working, but I'm not learning. Yeah. So, you know, you get that point. You, you get a routine. You get a stability for like you're going to do X, Y, and Z and work and work and work. But then realizing that, okay, but I'm not, I'm not doing any personal learning. I'm not doing any personal growth. Like there's... Things I've been that's come across my inbox for helping to grow my grow this audience and grow these channels. I haven't had any time to look at it, or I haven't made the time to look at it. Another indicator is when you do silly things. Now I don't do silly things like drink anymore or binge eating, but I binge watched. And Saturday night I sat down. I was like, you know, what? I can't watch the latest episode of Star Wars: Clone Wars on Disney Plus. I'm loving the new season, by the way. That's good. Um, and then, the, on on because I'm an Apple person, so I have Apple TV, and it's like I was looking at, oh, look, Apple TV said I could watch the first episode of Star Trek Picard for free. So I hit play. Seven hours later, <laughs> I had finished every episode. I had watched... Every episode of Star Trek Picard that has come out, all in one sitting, and I never went to bed till like three in the morning, and I had to go back to work at like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Pretty late. Yeah, I tend to do those things when I like. I re. I, I think that is a sign that mentally I need to just take a break. And you might, yeah. Ment and my subconscious is like, I don't care what you have to do tomorrow. We want to do this now. Resistance is futile. But. On that note, Star Trek Picard, amazing. I'm loving that series, especially the various cameos of the TNG TNG crew. Just absolutely hilarious. Maybe, maybe you can give us a review once you finish it. Yes, yes. Uh, so, see, new episode. It's still going on, so the yeah. next episode is going to drop this week. The other show I binged is I want since I since I got the week trial of CBS Access. I put on Star Trek Discovery. I'm okay. a big sci-fi. I'm a, I'm a Star Trek kid. I grew up Star Trek. Love Star Trek. I started watching Discovery. And Discovery is one of those... It's like, wait, what? And I felt that show was... feel that show is actually really, really good. And the fact it's not like previous Star Treks. It's not... Yeah. It's not lens. It's not lensed for, for public... Tele network television where they had to dial down a lot of themes yeah. since it's streaming theme it's a, it's like they can go go a little bit a little bit more uh darker so to speak they, but they can also touch on themes that you can't you couldn't do previously for network television also it's not as utopian as the previous series were yeah so i mean i i know ds9 kind of tapped wavered a little bit to that uh but it yeah there's so much more you can do on streaming because you're not shackled to certain no and that paywall things. sits there and gets certain people yeah. but discovery was really good there's a lot of themes from the first seat from the from star trek lore that's in there i'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with that show um in fact I've, i just started season two right but while i was well right before uh, doing the final tech checks for this, and I had, I had it playing, and it was just, it's like, I've, I've got to see how this story goes, because it's like, wait, what? The whole, yep. amazing show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, you definitely need to make time for that stuff, and it's one of the things I did learn in my uh, professional, professional communication class, which is work-life balance. You only have so many hours in the day, you can you can only do so much to the point to you burn yourself out, and then it has an effect on everything else. Oh, definitely. So. And I mean, the last thing I need to do is have 
complete burnout. Mm-mm. So I'm, I'm going to reevaluate calendars and stuff and try and do things like something I would like to do is go is actually go do something for St. Patrick's Day. And that's something I was, we can talk about in the in the. Uh, While you do that, I'll be writing a novel. The, the Patreon Patreon <laughs> chat tonight. We can talk about what we'll do for next show or and all of that. So. Yeah. All right, I think it's talk more in five minutes. Very much so. So let's move on. Move it on. Moving on. So we're going to move on. on. We're going to move on to, you know, that thing. Thing. That thing. Thing a thing. Yep. Jingle the change. Thing a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's got its. Movie review time. Movie review time, And people. tonight we're going to talk about the new Pixar film, Onward. Yes. So what can you tell me about Onward? Onward is the new uh, new film, new original film from Disney Pixar. And okay. it focuses on this... Uh, the way I could explain it is like you have all your different fantasy stuff you, you're familiar with. All mm-hmm. the, you know, the magic and the wizards and yeah. elves and all that stuff. Well, they decide that magic's too hard, so they modernize with electricity. So now they have technology like the real world. So it's fantasy meets realism. Okay. So, but it focuses on two brothers. All right. Um, Ian and Barley, voiced by Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Oh, boy. Yeah. And they're two uh, teenage boys growing up in this world where, you know, all these fantastical creatures are living modern. Okay. Modern lives. Yeah. And it focuses on the relationship of the two brothers and this magical gift that their deceased father gives them that when they use the magic, it will bring them back for one day. Um, uh, crazy things happen and only half his body shows up. Wow. Yes. All right. So what kind of, I mean, what are the strong points for this film? Um, the strong points for this film is the... Is the um, is the world building and the, the mixing of genres because what you have here is you have um, a lot of uh, coming of age and teenage archetypes that you would find in traditional, you know, you know, like films like American Pie and all those teenage comedies, yeah. uh, snafus, but you're mixing it in with the childlike mentality of a fantasy fairy tale matching against realism because... What you have is because that the fantasy has been modernized, that there is this conflict between magic and modernization. So, with magic kind of disappearing, how are these two boys going to fulfill this spell to bring back their father while they're you know being surrounded by all of this uh, fulliness of modernization? Okay. So the world building is very great. You get to see it's it's. It's funny to see how, you know, certain things that you're so used to in the fantasy trope, like seeing fairies and unicorns acting like rats, and, you know, the manticore, the one that gives all the quests, is running a basically a, a, a typical Chili's restaurant chain. And it's just the funny antics of seeing the these far-fetched ideas just feeling believable. Like they, so they is, ground it to a believability, and so that's, this is a this is a more basically this is a cartoon version yeah. of Bright. Yeah, you can say that, but with stronger characters, a better world building, and a focus on embarking on an adventure. Okay. So, so it takes those RPG elements and just pushes it in. So what are some them. of the what are some of the weaker points? Some of the weaker points is the predictability of the situation because you have these two brothers going on a quest, so you have a very traditional quest progression, yeah, type quest thing. point A, point B scenario. Okay. So that kind of stuff, that predictability, is what creates just a very kind of melancholy kind of adventure because you kind of mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. There's a uh, the way I put it is there's so much potential in the world building of all everything that's happening around. But they never quite push over. Okay. Like, they never... I think the 
bad thing is what's going to happen is that when you go in this film, you know it's a Pixar film, mm-hmm. and it's not hitting that mark of some of the top tier Pixar films. Hmm. Up, Wally, Ratatouille, uh, the Toy Story films, like the big ones that you know make you cry. It doesn't really hit that emotional chord until the very end. Ah. And then, like, when you think all the all the visual prowess, all the typical mixing of genres of coming of age and fantasy, just kind of just pushing you along a mediocre story, that brotherhood of between the two brothers come into play. Okay. And you get to see that true human nature that you come to find heartfelt in a in a Pixar film. Nice. And they do a lot of stuff in the third act, the climax, that go away from that predictability, because what you were expecting was one thing. And they go completely left field, but not in a way where it just comes out of nowhere. It just it's very organic, and it does bring slight sniffles. Slight sniffles. Slight sniffles because if it if you have a brother, all of that third act is really going to hit you home. Okay. So. All right. So what do we want to call it? Um, it's a very fun adventure. I give it. It's a very mediocre kind of Pixar film, but I'm not going to bring it down because of that. Because I don't compare, you know, apples to oranges when it comes to this. But I'm going to compare it as it is. It's a typical adventure film. Um, anybody that is an RPG or gamer geek is going to love all the little nods. Nods. And overall, it's a family, a good family fun adventure. A 3.5 out of 5 matinee. Okay. Not quite a full price, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun. Fair enough. Yeah. I definitely recommend for you checking it because the RPG elements are going to make you laugh. All right. I will uh, keep that on my radar. Um, anything else review-wise for us? Because uh, well, that was the only movie review. Well, I did wrap up one of the TV shows that I was watching. Oh, really? Yes. Which one was that one? That is the new uh, TV show on um, HBO. Okay. Uh, called The Outsiders. Ah, I've had a few friends who've been interested to hear how the show is. The Outsider. recommended that it was really the good. The Outsiders, The Outsider. The Outsider. Outsider. Okay. So basically, this is a this is a mini-series that was on HBO, 10 episodes. Okay. Uh, they just finished up Sunday. All and right. it's based on a Stephen King novel of the same name. So it's a, it's a crime drama mixing in the supernatural. So... What you have is a police procedural styling of an outline okay. that mixes in this unknown creature that causes havoc in this small town. So what you have is um, a character that is being um, arrested for supposedly killing this uh, young kid because they have video evidence of everything that shows him there. But at the same time, he was at a, uh, um, uh, a teacher conference 300 miles away. So they have video evidence of him in both places at the same time. And what this leads down is a road of figuring out that there is this unknown creature that is creating doppelgangers and eating kids. So the whole series is about um, all these cops and these investigators coming together to figure out exactly what this supernatural thing is and how to take it out. Um, Okay. Seems interesting. So some of some of the names that you might recognize is Ben Mendelsohn is the main actor. He plays uh, Detective Ralph Anderson, and he is the one which the series focuses on the most because he's stuck in this rut where um, he's so used to you know tried and true investigation elements and evidence just meaning that things happen as they are, but with this supernatural element, it's throwing everything that he sees as investigation out the wayside because. What's believable is not, and what's not is believable. Hmm. So, and Curious. and the great thing about this series is that they never a hundred a hundred percent completely explain what the what this creature is. They leave it ambiguous, which is great because it allows for that mystery, that supernatural element that you're familiar with Stephen King stories to just kind of permeate throughout the series, because it creates a shadow across all the characters and it brings out this darkness that these characters have to face when they finally have to confront not only their own fears but this creature all right so what would you rate this i would rate this um it's overall a very great a crime drama with that supernatural element Mm -hmm. it will will keep you on your toes 
Um, it's not very unpredictable, but just because it has that predicated uh, crime drama sense doesn't make it non-enjoyable. It makes it great because you have an understanding of the crime drama, but it throws you off with that supernatural element. So I would give it, if I would rate it on the movie scale, 4 out of 5. 4 out of 5. 4 out of 5. Definitely check it out. Yes, check it out. HBO. All 10 episodes available. Alrighty. HBO Go. <laughs> Back up here. Alright. Checking things in the chat. Okay. Things look pretty quiet in the chat. Alright. Somebody lurking. Oh, somebody's always lurking. Super lurk. So, I'm kind of killing some time. I got a highlight here. Working through, working through uh, last week. I had a, last week's build stream. Uh, getting the rest of that first floor laid out. Getting and, something uh, built. Yeah. Getting that first floor laid out and getting ready to uh, start work on the second floor. Like, tomorrow will be interesting because the second floor has got to take some readjustment based off of the fa based off some of the differences from first to second. So, um, And I think I have part of the stream. I did the stream for like an hour and a half. And then I did another 20, 30 minutes offline that will go up on the Patreon side. And so... But I figured I'd, you know, share that with people. Just, you know, still working through that burn. Give a gander, people. You're building something special right there. Yep. My new yep. home. <laughs> I'm small and can fit in it. Ha <laughs> ha. So, kind of flipping back and forth here. I guess with that, we'll go ahead and roll into State of Game. State of Game. Vamos, yeah. people. Here we go. State of game. Alrighty, state of game. The section where we talk about the various games we are playing and what kind of fun shenanigans we get into with those games. And as usual, we typically start off with the video games. So what do we have for video game activity this week? This week, um, it is strictly and only right now Division 2. Yes. And that's on both uh, systems for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Monday night did a Scuba Plays uh, stream where I did some more time with Division 2. It took me a little while to get online because I had something was funky. I just couldn't get the game to load right. Get the game to load. But it loaded and we had a good time. I think we did a story mission together. Yeah, we did quite a few missions. So, so. just trying to get some better weapons. Yeah. Highlights will be up on Twitch here soon. Mm. Um, I've got to say, I'm liking the whole open world of that. I know we, we probably talked talk to other people have talked about it. So, But for, it's just that whole open world and that, that shared uh, story progression. Yeah. So, I do have said, I did have a moment, though, where it's like I was waiting right before you jumped in. It's like there was a, because they have this drop-in, drop-out co-op system yeah. where you could help other agents if they put out a call somebody put out a call for help i answered it and i was like all right what are we doing and then shortly after we get out of the safe house the dude turns around and shoots at me <laughs> and i'm like all right buddy i get what you're going i'm out <laughs> it's like he wants your goods no it was just it just seems kind of rude it's like okay you, you called for help somebody answered and your reaction, it's like, okay. Your reaction is just a uh, pow-pow. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, stream last night was good. Division 2, I haven't played anything else yet. What about you? Um, that's really much it. Pretty much it. Um, I know I have uh, Days Gone still in the wrapper, so eventually I'll take it out and play that. Okay. I know there's a couple games coming that I might check out. The Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, Doom Eternal is about to drop. You also have a Resident Evil 3 remake. Yeah, last so. week I noticed Doom was, uh, the Doom 1, Doom 2, and Doom 3 were all, uh, <laughs> on sale on the, for like a buck fifty a piece. Oh yeah, that makes you want to just dive right in. Well, Doom, when the first PC I built, my wife gave me a copy of Doom 3 to play, 
but the PC couldn't run it. So that was the first time I started getting into PC upgrades to yeah. get the game to work right. And I never actually played the game. <laughs> it sat in my collection for years. I never, by the time I get around to playing it, my system can't run it anymore because now the system is too new for the game to load right. So it's like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, one day you can dive back in. Yeah, I may do that for giggles, but that whole, that whole work-life balance thing, I don't have time to play games. Yeah. I don't make the time to play games or goof off or do any of those things. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'll definitely probably, you know, pop in Days Gone at some point, uh, go back to Outer Worlds at some point. Yeah. And then mobile, I'm just playing Pokemon. Pokemon Go, <laughs> catching them, catching them all every weekend. Yeah, I open it up. If not, I'm playing Lemmings or uh, Cells or Zelda Singularity. Oh yeah, you showed me that game. That game does look interesting. Oh yeah, it, it, it sucks you in. Oh yeah, it's one of those. Uh, it's like a Dragon Ball Dokkan battle. The second you get sucked in, it's like three a.m. and be like, "Wait, what? Goku?" <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right, um, some D and D stuff. Let's see. Toss that dice. Well, we had two games to talk. I have two games to talk about. Um, this time, and. The two games we're going to talk about is the the first session of No Quarter met on Friday night, um, and this was this, this is a group I was asked to DM for. This is a whole new group of players over at the, one of their houses, and okay. this is the first time I actually got to do that whole shared universe dealio because Thursday while was running back and forth i went over to our local game shop tower games and was looking through there for you know miniatures for my warhammer stuff and of course the various D D things and i got the D D essentials kit yeah and because i needed a, the 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 mansion i'm building is is kind of the end point for this these players okay but they're not strong enough to go into that into the mansion yet oh. mansions for like level eight to ten they're level one and I like and I like to get a feel for players as they develop versus just okay here's this here's this thing run at level eight characters because some people who are new to the game have to learn the progression of how to use the various skills yeah. as they stack up. So started with the adventure in the in that which is called the which is the uh, ice, dragon of ice fire. And was reading that, and it starts in the same town as the starter kit puts everybody. So I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity for the shared universe. Yeah. So I dropped these new players in roughly a couple of months after the Airsoft D&D group was in that town. Now, that group we know is... Has traveled to Neverwinter is now traveling down the Sword Coast to what to Waterdeep. This new group is starting there with the fact that the dragon, this I, this white dragon, has moved into the local area and they have to address it. But the first party did not finish every quest in the town, mm-hmm. and a couple of them, like Dude, had made a deal with the local Zent uh, contact to get back at someone who was rude to him you know very mafia style and so this new party comes in and they're seeing the after effects of this and so i was I had the opportunity to kind of ad lib out and work out this whole interaction for these players as they've been there it's just it's like all right now what's going to happen here and it funny thing is is they out is they were in the tavern or in the inn they were talking to an NPC who was the previous party had saved, and she told them about the heirloom, and she had been talking about this group of adventurers who was who's she who she hoped was going to go find the heirloom and bring it back. It's the new party is like, you know, I want to go find that heirloom to see if we can bring it back. Go get and I'm it. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> so they traveled the Thunder Tree, and again. He gets to see the aftermath, and of course the heirloom is not there because the previous party picked it up and have taken it with them. So, but 
in post-game session, they thought it was really cool to have this sense of I'm not I'm not the first one doing this. Somebody else has been here, yeah. kind of kind of deal. So now I they're coming the back, and I have the I pretty much it's like didn't even go through the first few pages of the adventure because the players rabbit hold based off of the what the other party did, which I think is great because it allows the care the party to develop organically, yeah. which to me is much better than saying you will do this you will do this you will do this um another thing of organic enjoyment was uh sunday was agents of short now reaching them heights people oh well here's the thing everybody (laughs) came over and we hung out for three to four hours we probably actually played D for about 90 minutes that's not too much of the time well but and this is this is the thing. I wish I had the microphone on the table to catch the conversation because mm-hmm. the side conversations were just so much more enjoyable. We did actually progress the story a little bit. We are now we now have the keys to the vault and know where the those keys. We had acquired the keys and now we were and and made some new business deals. And now are on our way to go and use the keys, get into the vault, and go through the vault. Yeah. And from there, you know, we'll see how the party goes. So one or two more sessions because the way this party likes, wait, all of us, because it's the only time we all, all of us are in the same room together. So sitting there and doing that. Uh, <clears throat> but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's some of the shenanigans we get into. Like uh, I'll tell you this is apparently within the story there's a bronze there's a bronze dragon that's living in the bay at Waterdeep, a young one, s- traveling through sunken treasure. So we go to the dock. We meet up. We meet an NPC who happens to have a submersible that looks like a crab. Yes, it exists. And check it out, people. We find a way to make a deal with her to, for her to transport goods. Out of the city onto our ship, very, uh, very inconspicuously. Hey, you know, you gotta and make then, it, make it work for you. Well, yeah. Well, we need a bronze <laughs> dragon scale as a for the keys. Yeah. So not a, so we make this deal with her to borrow her submersible, submersible to go onto the water to go talk to the bronze dragon. Mm-hmm. And then we end up making a deal with the bronze dragon to run security. For these transports to and from, <laughs> somebody's got some good wheeling and dealing oh, skills. It, it's it's all about the wheeling and dealing and, and building up this like enterprising uh, system plus of five marketing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, we'll see what happens on the next session. But uh, this five weekend, this weekend the airsoft crew is supposed to get together. So. Hopefully we have some uh, interesting stories for that, too. Yeah, when they get together, fun times. Oh, yes, very fun times. Um, That leads Airsoft gameplay, because I talk a lot. And honestly, I don't have anything for Airsoft this week. Not too much, just typical games? Typical games. um, We did do run the mobile car... Well, there's a game we've been working on. It's, It's kind of this mobile respawn point for... For one team where uh, the GA will drive the golf cart and has like this ticket counter for how many times uh, people can respawn. And it was... The, the thing is with this one, we had we had our two teams, tape and no tape. Uh, tape was... The red team had the golf cart. And the way it works is the driver will not move unless someone on the team tells him where to move. And he has to move to a point... And they have to hold that point for five minutes. Then they'll get additional respawns on the car. Then they have to move to the next one. The other team is trying to stop them. Well, this is one of those things you need a command structure for this game to work out right. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a command structure, it doesn't work because you literally have the epitome of too many chiefs in the too many chefs in the kitchen. The defending team or the, basically had a plan to set up lines, had a plan, and they executed that plan. 
the attacking team or the team with the golf cart, nobody wanted to step up to be leader. Three or four different people were telling them which way to go. And ultimately, it wound up with the, them spending all of their respawns and only getting the first of four objectives. Yeah, when you have too many voices, you can't keep the, well, the it, line straight. Yeah, well, it's also nobody want it's 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 nobody was really stepping up to be the quote unquote organizer to how lay out a plan, get everybody to kind of work together because that's one of those things that's really nice with with this and the aspect that this is a very much a team building environment. Yeah, because you have to work as a team to achieve something. Solo play, soloing only gets you so far, but a solo against a team, and even people who are quote unquote solo are in small teams. I've it, it, it's very rare to see, to not see a group of some type, yeah, playing this. And I think that was that was probably one of those things that was there. The attack and defend early in the day, every every one of us at there our end of the day meeting thought it was like. It, it was great because it was the defenders and the attackers. The attackers had to get a couple of things, and they couldn't. The defenders had them stopped where the attackers could not achieve any of their objectives. Yeah. They had them stopped. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great that they just... And it was a very much back and forth. There was a lot going on, so it was really good. But that's what I've got for that. Not much in depth on that one. So, <laughs> attack and defend, shoot, protect. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. So, what do you want to talk about? Whatever falls in line. Mm. There's a lot of lot of lot of news articles that came out and about, especially this week. A lot of different situations and scenarios. Yeah, I mean. We can just roll through, roll through these, and kind of just go from there. Yeah, I did put it there. You okay. want to move that around? Um, do C and then do these two after? We can just start with the top two. Okay. Um, got a bit here that uh, Max von Sydow. Yeah. Um, passed away at the age, at the young age of ninety. Yes, as reported in Collider, uh, very uh, very popular, famed actor. I think that guy. I'm thinking uh, Judge Dredd is the one. It's the when you sent me that article, I'm thinking he was the chief justice in Judge Dredd, and that's like the thing. That's like I totally forgot he was in Force Awakens. Oh yeah, like his um his uh his filmography list goes back all the way back to 1949. He has a long list of uh, films he was part of, um, everything from The Exorcist uh, to uh, Dog's Heart, um, just rocking through uh, Flash Gordon, just to you know yeah, touch he on played the nostalgia. Me. He got, played Ming in Flash Gordon. You got a lot of films, a lot, a lot, a lot of films. But one that is very recognizable to me when I see his name is the Three-Eyed Raven in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, that's right. He did do that too. Um, so yeah, he's got a he's got a lot of uh, stuff in his um in his wheelhouse. All right. Um, another thing is everybody's talking about this coronavirus stuff. Corona this, Corona that, Corona this, Corona that. Yeah. Jokes abound, of course. Yeah. I mean, but uh thing that's interesting uh, affects uh, me affects us in, in a sense is like this is kind of a geek thing yeah is the convention south by southwest that's hosted in texas every year well a recent article had come out uh ign reported that south by southwest was canceled this year for the first time in 35 years 34 35 years yeah and because of concerns about coronavirus Yes. So they um this is a this is a huge a huge hit not only just for, you know, the nerd um music and, you know, just uh film community. It's a huge hit for Austin, Texas because this is one of their big events of the year that brings in millions of people, uh millions of different artists and millions of different things that center and the one big thing about South by Southwest is that it is a good um a melting pot of a lot of indie films. 
Like, this is where indie films can really strike gold and get that word of mouth starting for the rest of the movie circuits down the road. So having this cancel, just just cancel, not even postponed, just cancel, it, it really hurts that, uh, that market and that creativity that you find in a lot of indie artists. Yeah, so, so that'll... I think of it like maker spaces and stuff like that. So, but and considering we we've heard various uh, comments that some of the other big conventions that this year that we're all looking forward to, some of them have vendors pulling out because of concerns, yeah. and we'll see how things progress. Yeah, there's a lot of big things, but yeah, I mean, as um, you got to take everything you hear with a grain of salt but just watching how certain things are being canceled and postponed i've never seen that many in well and the thing that gets me is like so this, fast. this is it seems to be such a flash in a pan yeah with people talking about it and it's like when you sit there and look into it it's like you know the 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 con the flu kills more people the yeah. flu is more prevalent this is not but i think it's oh this is new it's, this is unknown this is just popped out of nowhere. Everybody and their brother is panicking. Yeah. And I'm not saying panicking is not valid. I'm saying that, or that any of the concerns are not there. I'm saying that it's like, it seems a little too quick to, a little too quick on things, or there seems to be a little too much of the, uh, of the bait and switch in the sense that we're putting all of this attention on this. What are we? What are we using this to ignore, or what are we using? What are we using this panic to achieve? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like, is this like conspiracy nut thing where like the big cabal of the elite are trying to make something happen by perpetuating all of this fear over what is a well over this where it's like. Cases are coming up. Yes, there's. It's like how is this trip? How is this passing from person to person to person? Yeah, but you know, if you go th- and every if you go through the basic you know sanitary stuff, you're not gonna have it. Or some people will. Some people may have had it and gone through the whole thing and had a very mild case and little to no realization that it happened at all. It could have just. It's a. I mean, you know. It isn't like, you know, back in the late 90s when, like, Ebola was first discovered. Yeah, Ebola was pretty serious. Yeah, well, Ebola had, yeah. a, had a list of things. You caught it. It's like, you, you got screwed up. The movie Outbreak or the uh, or some of those other things. We're talking about those kind of pandemics. Yeah. I mean, unless this is, like, the gateway to make to the zombie apocalypse, I really don't, I really don't get it. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's Criticize just that... if you want. Tell me in the comments. I just don't get it. I think it's I think it's a lot of panic for a little bit for just for just a little panic to push something in a direction that maybe it's like maybe we need to take a take a step back and go why are you really making this out to be so bad what, what what's really going on for you next now I'll be doing political left nut the political wing whatever nonsense i crazy here people i don't know i think i think i think it's a it's there's a there's a middle ground like it's it's good to you know have some preventative maintenance but just uh some of the crazy outrage you know it's causing it can cause you know people gotta look past the hysteria and just look at the facts yeah you know i'm getting people to look basic sanitation basic sanitation you know basic sanitary things and you're fine it's like fighting the common cold there's no cure for it it happens you fight it well either that or either that we're gonna get either that or we're gonna get a live action real life division scenario Uh, with like the dollar flu that's why we were playing it. We are preparing ourselves. Oh, is that we also preparing. why it was it went out at 95% off where it went Corona released? Hey, you know, you got to get it ready for that expansion pack. Oh, that's what it is. Let's drive sales of video games. Yeah, drive the sales. Nah, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I don't know why people are ma- making this out to be such a big deal. A lot of their cases and whatnot, and this is, it's a lot of people are concerned. Like, there, I heard someone, I was, my morning brief this morning was talking about how the country of Italy has basically just closed its down for uh, isolation. The uh, Prime Minister Prime Minister Netanyahu is like, all right, if you come to Israel, we expect you to take 14 days of personal isolation before it's like, wow. Yeah. Just 
Wow. Well, the pandemic is is real in, in, in some sense. It's just you got to be weary. Well, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You know? Check where those chocolate-covered pretzels come from. Hey, don't don't mess with my chocolate covered pretzels. They right. good. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Some other news things to chat about. Boop doop doo. What we got next? A what lot of gaming news. Oh yeah, some gaming stuff. Cause you know we're gamers. We like to game. I do game. I do dabble in the gaming. So first one on some gaming news is got the after much uh, rumors and whatnot it is confirmed that horizon zero down is going to come to the pc this summer oh, oh yes finally this is one of the this was one of those games i wanted a ps4 for i wanted to play this because the concept of this game was so good you know it that is was, far uh, as to me that was one of the reasons i bought my ps4 was to play that. Was I to mean, play that game. The, the whole concept of AI evolution becoming like simple animals and this post-apocalyptic uh, world and this girl. It's, I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the concept yeah. of the game. And so, this, but I never had a PS4. Or I never got a PS4. I'm probably never going to get a PS4 at this point. But this game coming to pc i might be able to get my hands on it. oh yeah because it uh you'll definitely it's that open world it's a different kind of open world because it mixes in technology with uh this like post-apocalypticness and yeah, or it's, it's like these, um there's these creatures of uh, these ai creatures and it's like you have this you have like the mammals and the dinosaur ai equivalents wandering in the same space so, but so, I remember this was such a good. I yeah. like this. This is such a good one. Oh yeah, and um, this was confirmed by the head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios, uh, Herman Hunts, in an interview on the PlayStation blog. Nice. Uh, right. Per IGN. All right. Story number two. Two K NFL Two K is coming back. Yes. This is this is big. No matter how much is going on but the fact that um something other than ea is going to be able to do something with the nfl license yes. is huge because ea has had everybody knows madden um, sports nut or not you know it's the flagship and ea has had a grip on that nfl license for a long time and the reason they got that exclusive rights is because their rival 2k back in the day was making elite football games and a lot of people's favorite football game was the 2k series just because of the innovations and all the different things you can do yeah so now i I was doing some research when i was doing some research looking for some photos for this it was uh, a lot of the a lot of the when i first put in like nfl 2k there's a lot of uh, og xbox images oh yeah so this has definitely been a minute since this was out oh it looks like july 20 2004 it's like yeah, it is a long, 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 long time. But um, as an article on IGN, quote, the game will be non-simulation football game experience, end quote. Um, while specific game titles, developers, and release dates will be announced at a later date, 2K confirms the projects are in early development and will launch starting in calendar year 2021. Hmm. So this might, it might be a very small jump, but it could lead to finally 2k getting that license back for the nfl okay all right our next one is an announcement of a release date and that's for ghost of shishima you got it Yay! it's gonna come out in june oh yes um it's uh been announced that uh ghost of shishima well no what is this game it's an open it's um it's an open-world samurai game uh, that focuses on the era when uh, Kutan Khan, the leader of the Mongol army, invaded Japan. Okay. So it focuses on a singular story where the game hero Jin Saka is the um, oh, is cute. is your um, is the main character. Okay. I mean, what what is he? I mean, is this like dead and re- resurrected? I mean, there's some buzz about this, but I'm. For life, I can't remember what it is right now. Well, why would I want to buy this game? Um, one, it's an open world. It focuses on the the, the samurai era in the feudal Japan era, 
So you get that uh, that wish list for a lot of people that have been wanting a Assassin's Creed style game in Japan. This is probably the closest you'll get to it because Godzilla Assassin's Creed yeah. Japan comes out. Yeah, but the way that they're moving with that series, they're moving in a different direction. But it is a dream of a lot of people when they saw that map and saw Japan on that Assassin's Creed map that maybe one day we'll get it. Maybe not, maybe we will, but this, um, just the idea of going into feudal Japan and being able to play as a samurai and live in a singular story and fighting against Mongols, it's okay. pretty cool. Alright, I'll take, take your word for it. And it's made by the studio Sucker Punch, which if people know, they made the Infamous games and the Sly Cooper games back on the PS2. Oh, well. History I, lesson for you people. I guess in that case, we know the studio, studio's got a good track record. All right, here's another tidbit, and that is Castlevania Symphony of the Night has been ported over to mobile platforms. Another uh, another article from IGN. You're dropping dropping like it's hot, IGN. Yeah, it's too. I mean, IGN is IGN. Yeah, but as they says here, quote, uh, Symphony of the Night will be on iOS and Android ports. Cost two ninety nine and um two ninety nine two ninety nine dollars. $2.99, $2.99, people. Comes with touchscreen controls. Yeah, I was looking at a couple of pictures with touchscreens on there. It was pretty cool. So, what, it's what just, we, um, what's this game about, anyway? What, uh, Symphony of Night? Yeah. Well, it's a, um, it's a side-scroller. It's a 2D platformer, but it is one where you can navigate back and forth through the, um, through the castle <coughs> as you, uh, you know, build up your skills and fight along so you can fight Dracula. Oh. It's an old school game that was on the PlayStation. It was one of PlayStation's iconic games back in the day, along with okay. Metal Gear, um, Resident Evil, Siphon Filter, all, Gran Turismo. This is one of those uh, iconic games back right. from 97. Ah. Ooh. Been a minute. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright. Our last little bit of gaming news is a new RPG for yeah. those who like the uh, old school film the labyrinth there is now a D. there's now a tabletop rpg version of this what do you think about this craziness right um this is definitely interesting as like you know it gives you another world another lore building uh experiment that you can do on tabletop and as reported on comicbook.com quote the book contains a full-length adventure set inside the world of labyrinth with over a hundred scenes that feature modular elements for replayability, end quote. Huh. So, so you classic, definitely... Classic films. So it's available to order online. Amazon for $44.77. All right. My well, phone? if you're a fan of a classic Jim Henson and David Bowie, I'm sure there's some nice elements there. I might get it, people. I got my phone open. <laughs> I did buy a Kirby pillow. You did buy a Kirby pillow, yes. and I'm always up for adding games to my collection back here. Oh, yes. More back here, people. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's see. Where are we at in the show? Um, I think we're about to get a little bit odd with our ends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just talking about all kinds of new stuff. Oh, man. Alrighty. Odds and ends. I just fine. Yep, here we go. <laughs> Alrighty. Something out there, Ryan. Something definitely out there. You better not come for me. What it is, it's Odds and Ends, a collection of internet stories that we find and we react to. So, let's get this train rolling. Barking a bite of, ooh, you know. Alright, first one in here, Reggie's in the news. Reggie! Oh, yeah, the... Former uh, head of Nintendo Americas has joined the GameStop board of directors to help the... Help... Help them. Help them. you know, GameStop's struggling. Well, yeah, they, they've been struggling through the years. A lot of stores have been closing. They've trying to make shift to bring people in. But trying to make shift and sell different merchandise, they just there's other stores that have done it better, you know, like FYE and Hot Topic. So they're trying to get in that market when it's already fulfilled. 
So now they're. Well, I mean, losing... the game side is getting yeah. getting kind of drying up, or at least yeah. the game reselling because so many things are on digital products yeah. now. Digital, like... and now you have the advent of uh, PS Plus and Xbox Game Pass, which will probably take another chunk out of their market. If it so, hasn't already. Well, yeah, that that that's the one stop shop, the Netflix of gaming. Mm. I've been saying that for 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 a few months. For a minute. People. So already. So, yeah, I, I wonder, like, when I saw this, I was thinking of how is he going to be able to help them? I know he's been a very, very big voice because he was in Nintendo America, but... Well, he's all... I mean, maybe he, he, he was part of Nintendo America yeah. for some of their... Some of the... It's so like the Wii and yeah. the uh, DS... Game Boy... The DS... The 3DS... I don't know why I was yeah. struggling to say that. <laughs> the 3DS and the, the Wii yeah. and the Wii U and all of that. So, I mean... Yeah, he's got a he's got a very bright mind. He's able to uh, make things work when it seems quirky at first. But, you know, you saw what the Nintendo Wii did. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, hope for the best. All right, the next thing we're going to talk about is DirecTV. DirecTV. So according, according to Yahoo News, DirecTV's days are numbered. What are they talking about, Ryan? Uh, what are they talking about is uh, AT&T, which is the owner of DirecTV. Uh, they purchased it for $49 billion back in 2015, and they are suffering losses like no another. So, really? Uh, based on this article, quote, um, DirecTV will be in more rural or less dense suburban areas, end quote. And quote, but in terms of our market marketing muscle and our momentum in the market, it will be about software-driven pay TV packages. End quote. So it sounds like they're pretty much not even going to try to market DirecTV anymore. And unless you're living out in the sticks, you're not even pretty much going to get that as the main offer from AT and T. Well, all right. All right. Yeah, the, um, satellite DirecTV has been losing a lot of subscribers, and with the advent of all the streaming services. And some of the things that Verizon and Cox are fighting, you know, satellite's going to fall to the fray. Hey, you want to see something cool? Let's do it. What's cool? What's cool is some dude came up, made a drone that looks like Snoopy flying on his doghouse. That is the Red greatest Bar- thing Snoopy ever. versus the Red Baron style. I was like, that's pretty wild, man. Yeah, living, uh, living the dream, Snoopy is. So, yeah, um... Uh, who's reporting this to? Uh, Oddadmail.com is reporting this. All right. Do they give us any more details on that? We talk about. Um, let me scroll in. Scroll in. Uh, okay. Uh, quote: Sold by Fly uh, Fly Guy Promotions. The Snoopy Doghouse drone actually doesn't come with the doghouse at all. As what you're buying is the quadcopter. From there, you can build your own Snoopy doghouse to install over the quadcopter that you purchased, which is already made to do such things. If you'd like full instructions, cut out kits, and build logs, you can check out forums such as rcgroups.com and hosiercutoutservice.com. So, uh, yeah, I guess he's RC flying or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, they give you the stuff. It's like the the IKEA drones. You know, they give you the stuff and build it, people. Oh, IKEA drones. Oh, no. Don't give them ideas. The instructions are weird enough. Hey, man, simplify or just die. And speaking, of things that might give, speaking of things that might give you nightmares. Dun, dun, dun. Check this out. The creepy pillows. Creepy pillows. Pillows that have a... The, the foam inside make it look like... There's something living in the pillow trying to get out. Oh, yeah. Like, how many different horror movies have we seen this trick played in? Oh, yeah. So, um, there are uh, pillows, I mean, like, these 3D pillowcases that look like you have hands, faces, things coming out to touch you. <laughs> it's never too early to start getting Halloween ideas. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think of your Halloween party and put those on your... You throw pillows on your couch and it looks like a hand's trying to grab you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen with that one? Just throw it in the living room and hope people are drunk. <laughs> Let's see what happens, people. All right. And honestly, that's uh, all the odds and ends we got. Oh, yeah. Some good odds and ends. It is some good odds and ends. I might that's want that good. creepy pillow. Where can I find it? Amazon Tummy. I'll look it up later, people. Put a message motor hookup. 
Of course. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that visual. It was already creepy enough. Now we're gonna add a. Now we're gonna add a. Make it vibrate. Vibrate with the face like oh, you know. Is uh, a new meaning to the phrase "talk to the hand"? <laughs> talk to that hand. Alrighty. Well, um, I think with that we can uh, go ahead and uh, throw our contact and do our contact info and. So once it was good. <laughs> oh, cool. VR setup. So, uh, yeah. I'll do contact info, contact stuff. Um, hmm. There's you got all the buttons. Missing. Well, there's some buttons up there. Uh, I was doing some rearranging of files. I guess some files got missed. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, you can find me uh, Scuba Cod on uh, social media. Uh, you can find the studio at Scuba Studio on Facebook, Twitter, not Twitter, but yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Mixer, all those places to check out the check it out. Uh, give look for us on Facebook and YouTube. Check out our videos and check out our page. Give us a like. Give us some feedback. We'd love some feedback. Oh yeah. Um. Right, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Incubus Tribe. Message like us, uh, send a friend request. Alrighty. Um, also, with that, I want to give a shout out to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards that we have. Because, you know, it's always fun when you, to have a friendly spell. Yes. See how it came out. See? See? Yep. Magic in the real world. We're going on a quest. <laughs> yep. That's right. Nothing like a huzzah. And <laughs> <laughs> with that, we wish you all a good night and stand by. We're going to roll over to Patreon in just a moment. Peace.